Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. <laughs> I wanted to do it. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> I applaud that. I applaud. Uh, uh, anybody who's been with our channels for a while knows that that was a skit we did back at 200K. <laughs> Welcome to the Comics Experiment, the weekly show right here at Comicstorian, where I sit with a number of guests and we discuss various things in the comic book world, history and lore. We talk about current news. We go find other lists and see if we agree or disagree with them. We teach each other about comic books. It's what we do here, my dear viewers. You can also watch this streamed live and see behind the scenes over at twitch.tv slash twitch.tv slash eligible monster. Uh, and you can also get it early access of our patreon.com slash comicstorian. That's where I always get them mixed up. Yeah. I always do it at that you all Because you always swap which one you promote first yeah. as well. Yeah, it throws me off. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Robinhood, a great stock exchange app that we here in the office do use. Um, and it's a, it's a great app, and we'll tell you a little bit more about it in the middle of this podcast. So today, my guest is The Beanie. It brought Dan. <laughs> It's actually uh, kind of like a puppet master too. I can't talk without it. There's, I've got a little rat in there, what, and it's pulling my. I was gonna say what people don't know is you're kind of like Pickle Rick, like there's a Pickle Rick in oh, the yeah. back of your head, and it's controlling you. No, is that is that not a thing that you have going on there? That, that is, uh, they call me Pickle Dan apparently. <laughs> you're controlled it, or by. Would a, it be Daniel Rick? Daniel Rick. My my dad calls me Daniel. Daniel, really? Yeah. Why? Why would he call you that? It's uh, it goes to um, it's not a it's either a song or a saying in England, and he goes through a bunch of different names, and they're all two syllables. Yeah. So he has to two syllable uh, Daniel. So he just says Daniel. So he just can't pronounce things. He's like you. Oh, he's no. like, he's, but he's English. He's English. No, I, I, he calls. I'm sure we'll have some people in chat that are like, I know that. Uh, they've they've renamed you in their chat. No, nope, don't uh, say it. You're either Dickle or you're Banana Dan. I'd like the chat to decide what Dan's new title is officially on on the comics experiment. So Dickle, you want to know what we're doing today? I'm gonna try them both out, Banana Please. Dan. <laughs> Why Banana Dan? I don't know, Banana Dan. But so anyway, today, Dickle, what we're going to be covering, what we're going to be covering, my friend Dickle, please stop, are the 15 worst Spider-Man stories of all time. Now, this is brought to you by Screen Rant, and I verified okay. the date and to make sure that they were kind of up to date, I looked a, few, a little bit ahead. They originally published this on May 3rd, 2017. Oh, so, so very recent. Yeah, so it has a lot of Dan Slot on it. It has a lot of recent stuff on it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring this up today because I know you're a fan of a lot of Dan Slot Spider-Man. I am. And I've been Wait, reading Spider-Man. Dan Slot? It was uh, Spider-Verse onward, and that's when you jumped on. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, I yeah. do know Dan Slot. Um, so you read all that, and I've been reading Spider-Man since Clone uh, Saga that completely swore me off Spider-Man. That was the first clone, right? Or the, oh the... my god, the first real clone saga. <laughs> And I can tell you exactly the date that I started reading Spider-Man again. When was the original Spider-Man movie out? When was it? 2000 and... 2001? Are you sure it's 2001? That's what Gary's saying. 2002. I, okay, I was thinking So two. Gary, you're wrong. Our cameraman behind the camera, who doesn't read comic books, is completely wrong about the movie release date of Spider-Man. Yeah. 
I want you all to be aware of this. I'd like everyone in the comments of this podcast to please put down below, shame on you, Gary. Yeah. Shame on you. Shame. This is like my newscaster me. voice, Dickel. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I wonder if Dylan's going to go, oh, maybe that's inappropriate. And every time you say it, he's got a sensor bleep. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, Clone Saga <laughs> swore me off of uh, almost comic books in general. Yeah. I was just reading whatever my dad bought at that point. And then it was the Spider-Man Tobey Maguire movie. What is Houston cooking? He's making your dinner. What am I having for dinner? Because it smells amazing. <laughs> it does smell actually pretty good. <laughs> Sorry. I just ate and I'm even wanting some <laughs> of that. I mean, like, what is that? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, uh, okay, so... For those guys who are unaware, uh, the comics experiment is well known for going off topic. Um, <laughs> we haven't I've, even started the topic I've, I've attempted recently to try and get it more on topic, and I've been told, don't do that. No. So, me and Dickel, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, you ready, to, you ready to kick this thing off? Let's, you ready? Are you ready? Let's do it. Dickel, reach out. Reach out to me, Dickel. Come on, Banana Dan. Banana Dan. I like Dickel better. Banana Dan. Dan. Hand hug. <laughs> and we've, you've done that so many times to me that I'm just like, yep, yep, that's what we're doing now. All right, so. Let's do this. Number 15, old school story. You don't know about it. Peter's parents come back from the dead and they become androids. Okay, that does sound horrible. <laughs> that sounds horrible. I didn't Wait. tell you what it is. I, okay, continue. The pattern becomes evident early on. Crazy events, twist reveals, and shocking retcons tend to be very, very bad for Spider-Man. In the 1990s, th these terrible storylines really got kicking off, and one of the earliest head-scratchers was a running storyline where Peter Parker's parents seemingly came back from the dead. Peter being an orphan is a pretty important part of the Spider-Man narrative. The whole Peter's parents were government spies storyline is silly enough. It's probably on here. That one I do know. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, was made but was made only worse by this story, which reveals that they've secretly been alive the whole time, trapped in a prison camp. The heartfelt reunion goes sour, though, and Peter's decision to show them his secret is followed by the shadowy reveal that they are now plotting their son's death. Oh Later, it's revealed that these are fake parents, and they're just lifelike killer robots. But the whole deception was an evil plot by Harry Osborn of the Chameleon. As goofy as android retcons go, this is at least a little. This is at least less damaging to the mythos if they had been than if they had been his real parents. However, worse things await. This is only number one. The first thing on this list is oh android parents, Dan. So that did you just say android pants? Android parents, Dickel. Come on, get it right. <laughs> so much. It just flows so freely. <laughs> I swear, if this becomes a thing. <laughs> All right, so what do you think about android parents coming I, back from the dead to battle against their son? It sounds horrible. <laughs> Would you read it? No. <laughs> it sounds... Uh, if anything, they should have had Uncle Ben come back. As an android? I, I feel like that would make... It, it, using his parents' parents... Because besides the most recent where they were like uh, secret agents or whatever... Yeah, um, the whole Spider-Man Deadpool plotline had some weird stuff going on. It had some weird stuff there, but... That, it, that, that, the actual secret agent thing is really old. Oh, is it? Yes, it's been around for a while, and it's one of those things that we're not going to mention it unless you get a good plan. <laughs> right. See, I feel like his parents don't really get... Men Their only real mention is they're dead. Yeah, no, you're right. And, that's, like, and I feel like that's kind of how it should be. I think it's how yeah. it should stay. 
Um, bringing them back in any way, shape, or form, I think that's dilutes why I, the character a little. That's why I feel like Uncle Ben would be a better one to bring back because it's one that the readers are also a little bit more invested in and know a little bit but more But at the same about. time, we don't want him back. Remember what happened when they brought him back as a superhero? Which time? <laughs> Pick one, Daniel. <laughs> well, I liked when he was the Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Ben? Spider-Ben? All right. Number 14, Sins Past. If the android parents' nonsense hadn't taught Marvel at least one lesson, it was don't drudge up things from Peter's past and then skew them sideways for new storylines. Oh, Unfortunately, the lesson was not learned. <laughs> Instead, we eventually ended up with a much-hated storyline where the Green Goblin has sex with Gwen Stacy. Oh, what? I think you've heard, you haven't heard of this one? I think I might have. Sin's past reveals Actually. that before Gwen got killed, she gave birth to twins named Gabriel and Sarah. The father, uh, the father is Norman Osborn. Apparently, the actual reason he killed her was because she threatened to cut him off from their children. So yes, the story when fundamentally did... undermines the entire point of one of the most iconic Spider-Man moments ever. Children rapidly age to adulthood, have healing factors, and Gabriel Stacy ends up becoming the Grey Goblin. <laughs> what? I didn't even okay. know about that! When did this... When was this written? Does the, it say... The artwork looks like 2000s. I... What? That sounds horrible. Spider-Man sins past. I'm looking to see when this came out. Uh, and come on, Gwen Stacy. I thought you had standards. 2004. <laughs> that's actually relatively recent. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, that's 15 years ago. God damn. Why would Gwen Stacy sleep with Norman Osborn? <laughs> Here's the best part. The panel of them having sex. He goblins out in the middle of it. Hold on. Screen down a little. <laughs> oh, my God. I guess that's his O face. <laughs> that was, the, that was the only way I could say it and have it be somewhat family friendly. So the Green Goblin is like, hey, what is up, Gwen Stacy? Uh, uh, Apparently, uh, Goblin! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because oh, the funny thing for you guys watching, uh, watching the live stream that are not actually seeing the screen, that's what it looks like. Like, that legitimately, it's just <laughs> straight... Normal face, goblin face. I, I mean, hey, I guess that's, I guess that's her fetish. I mean, Number she... thirteen, sins remembered. This is how bad. This is a bad. This is how bad things become worse. Sins remembered was the follow up to sins past. Okay, for the record, the fact that these past two stories have been the bottom of the list makes me very nervous about this whole list. <laughs> and it chronicled what happens to Gwen's daughter. Sarah Stacy. After the conclusion of Sin's past, sees her brother transformed into the Grey Goblin. Peter has then Peter comes to get her out of the hospital, where Sarah it was evidently waiting for him to rescue her. It rapidly becomes apparent that Sarah has a massive crush on him. Yes, the daughter of Gwen Stacy and Norman Osborn has a crush on Peter Parker, her dead mother's boyfriend, which is more than a little bit weird. It dives into their past and is generally just uncomfortable from start to finish, particularly when Sarah tries to kiss Peter in front of his wife Mary Jane. While Sarah Stacy has disappeared since the storyline, Grey Goblin has, unfortunately enough, reared his head multiple times. So he got stuck in a love triangle with Gwen Stacy's daughter, with Norman Osborn, and Mary Jane. Oh, the daughter with Norman Osborn. I was like, wait, did I mishear that? That Norman Osborn was also into Peter? That, that would have been hilarious. That would have been. That's a story you should let me write, Marvel. Trust me, it'll sell. I mean, it won't, it won't be revered very highly. How would I do that? So Norman Osborn realizes that his infatuation with Peter Parker this entire time 
is it's, actually a massive crush on Peter Parker. It's him been uh, trying to... He's in that state where he's like, no, I, I, I'm not gay because I hate him. Yeah. I hate him. I that's, hate him. That's why I have... That's why I'm not, there's no way I could be gay. It I hate Peter Parker. That's why I must be infatuated with him. And then eventually, eventually, like, Spider-Man tackles him. They roll on the rooftop. Spider-Man's on top of Norman, and he's like, no, I get it now. No. <laughs> it would be he's falling off, and he would somehow get caught on, like, uh, the ladder, and he would be hanging upside down, and Norman would be like, I see why MJ was into this. <laughs> The upside and then, down kiss. Right, right, right. But then Green Goblin, he'll just hover in front of him. And Peter Parker will be like, I'll get you, Norman. And he'll be like, I love you, Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Run away with me to the Bahamas with my millions. <laughs> and, and Peter I Parker's think... like, well, I need money. <laughs> we should probably move on. Yeah. I don't even remember. The, the, uh, for, for the record, though, a love triangle with your ex's daughter is weird. A, a little? Just a little? At least he wasn't with Gwen at the time. I, I, so <laughs> far, so far, three into our list, I'm agreeing with this. Yes. No, I'm actually very... Are we, do we... Okay, we are on time to go yeah. through the whole thing, because I'm excited for this. Number 12 is Trouble. No, that's not Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. That's Aunt May. What? There's a picture on the screen. Dylan will put it for the for the the visual, but I can't show it to the, the live viewers. Mm -hmm. It's a younger-looking Aunt May holding a condom, stating, "Face it, Tiger, you've just hit the jackpot." <laughs> for the record, maybe our our Norman Osborn Peter Parker fanfic is not that far off from the oh, worst story. No wonder if that's even on the list because that's. <laughs> So in I'm 2003, sorry. created by Bill Jemis and Joe Quesada, there was a story about teen pregnancy that was supposed that's supposed to resurrect the long dead genre of romance comics. It tells a story about four hormonal teenagers who just happen to be named Ben, May, Richard, and Mary and their romantic exploits. There's a plot twist when May cheats on Ben, her boyfriend, with Ben's brother Richard. May gets pregnant with Richard's son and is so afraid to reveal the truth to her parents that Mary saves the day by pretending to the world that the child belongs to her and Richard and that May was never pregnant. Obviously, the names are no coincidence. This story was written with the intention of revising Peter's origin so that Aunt May was actually his mother and have Anne cheated on Uncle Ben with Richard Parker. The twist didn't fly with the fans, though, who immediately rejected the story and pointed out its numerous contradictions with established continuity. Trouble was quickly buried in the backyard and has never been referenced again. Good. That's... Okay, I won't lie. At first, the way you started that, I was like, is Aunt May trying to sleep with Peter? That's what I thought based on what they've got there. So here's... I mean, at least it's not that bad. Coming soon to the Relatively. Calistorian channel. Spider-Man. Aunt May is really his mom. <laughs> Aunt Mom. Uh, uh, no, that that is weird. Also, the my fact question that, is, that, why would you even do that? Was, I I think the main reason is why would you or how would you go? No, that's actually my baby. She she was pregnant and I wasn't, and you guys all saw us for nine months and would know which one was pregnant, which wasn't. Yeah, but uh, no, it's mine. Like what? May just got really fat really quick. <laughs> um. I, I don't. I don't think you could change that. The no. Aunt May Peter Parker relationship. I, that would change it way, way too much. Because in that, obviously Aunt May would know. She would know. 
Which means she's never told Peter. Yeah. Which, but like, or why? Did, why does Aunt May have to be his uh, yeah. mother? What, what? How does that change their dynamic? It. Honest, like the only thing that it changes is that it's oh well, it's also his mom. Like, it, but like, it's like, what's the point? Why would you need exactly? To like, yeah. it, he already has a good relationship with her. It's not like saying oh, it's his mother is gonna somehow make it stronger. No, he he pretty much already considered her. Pretty much his mom. Yeah. Number 11 is Changes. This bizarre little tale sees Spider-Man face off against this new telepathic insect-powered villain named the Queen until she lays a giant quick kiss on the wall crawler, which then causes him to experience changes. <laughs> Insert every prepubescent teenage story going through puberty and finding love. That's It initiates his changes. <laughs> the voice cracks. <laughs> How the wall crawler became. I don't know, Scoob. <laughs> Wait, I was Scoob. You're Shaq. I got that backwards. Yeah. <laughs> First, he grows a couple of extra arms, some extra eyes, and some fangs. So that's N the wall crawler's puberty. <laughs> gaining limbs. Dude, it's almost like... Okay, no okay. big deal. Then his transformation is completed when he's turned into a giant spider. The queen then announces that Peter is pregnant, despite the fact that he's still male. <laughs> Dan, don't worry. When I turn you into a giant spider... You're having babies. Uh, I mean, I guess at least he uh, gets that $1 million prize of that trying to get a male pregnant. But that, okay. Does um, he actually give birth? The queen then gets all excited that the Spider-Man turned a giant spider is going to give birth to her offspring. But instead, he dies. Causing her to weep at the tragedy, uh, weep at the tragedy of it all. But wait! From the spider's carcass, a child is born. A very human Peter Parker. Back from the dead with a couple of new random powers, including insect telepathy and organic webbing. Ah, this was the storyline that gave him the Tobey Maguire organic webbing stuff. They tried to line that up. So. Uh, it doesn't make it better. <laughs> <laughs> what were these writers thinking? This is okay. So legitimately, like for those what of you guys who don't know, think that this would be a good story. Honestly, well, like here's the problem with heroes like Spider-Man. It's been around since the '60s. Yeah. So you do end up running down these weird paths to try and make some continuity make sense, or to throw your own spin on it, and things like that, or come up with something original. But yep. it's tried better. <laughs> Number ten is Mary Jane's fake death. Why when does the web happen? spinner have to reach MJ before she's gone? The strange and pathological hatred that Marvel editorial has for Spider-Man's marriage to Mary Jane has a terrible saga unto itself. Okay. Since the 1990s, multiple editors tried to destroy the spider marriage, leading to many awful storylines on this list. One of these, kill the marriage attempts, was this storyline where a huge mystery played out about someone stalking and then killing Mary Jane. One would think that Peter's wife would immediately tell her spider-powered husband about such a thing. Yeah. But instead, the story makes her keep it secret. Why? Until she boards a plane and then it blows up. <laughs> so she, and she faked her death. Of course she's not actually dead. Sometime later it's revealed that her stalker has been holding her captive and that he's a psychic supervillain who wants to steal Peter's life. After Mary Jane is rescued, the subsequent reunion is filled with more weird and out of character beats like the fact that she decides to separate from Peter shortly after getting home. The whole thing doesn't line up with how either of these characters are supposed to act, and the whole stalker death captive mystery took an entire two years to play out. Sounds like um, if I was reading this, it may have made me stop reading like the Clone Saga. Yeah, I think the Clone Saga sounds actually pretty good right about now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's... Two years of her gone. Of her gone. 
The, the problem with this is it sounds like Spider-Man also probably had other stories during it when you would think that he would just be searching for her. Because I don't think Spider-Man would take two years considering he could go, man, I know some of the world's smartest people. I'm sure they would be able to find my wife. I mean, yeah. Hey, Professor X. <laughs> hey, Mr. Fantastic, I've got some of her hair around. Can you make me some sort of device that like... Yeah, like a, a seeing eye dog. Well, would you need a seeing eye dog? A yeah. smelling dog? Bloodhound? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Number nine is the gathering of the five. The final chapter. Basically, the whole storyline involves Norman Osborn putting together some of the arcane ritual involving magical relics called... The Gathering of the Five, where five individuals must gather willingly so that each can receive magical gifts. But to understand just how much the story sucks, some additional content is needed. Some years before this, Aunt May died in Amazing Spider-Man number 400, a heartbreaking comic where she, where she reveals that she knew Peter's identity the whole time. Much of the some more backstory, Mary Jane suffered a miscarriage. Something weird was implied that had happened with the remains of the stillborn Parker child who would have been named May. Fans were buzzing for years about whether Baby May was alive and if Osborne had her. Got it? Okay. After Osborne's <laughs> mystical ceremony, Mary Jane hears that May is alive. Spider-Man desperately tries to find his daughter, fighting his way through the Green Go fighting his way through the Green Goblin, only to find that this living May is actually Aunt May. The retcon here involved plastic surgery, a hired actress, DNA infusion, and let's not go much more into it. But it definitely ruins number 400 for no good reason whatsoever. I don't know what to say about that one. For Part of me feels like that goes into the Renew Your Vows story. Because didn't, didn't uh, MJ have a miscarriage in that early on? And that's and why they had yeah, Annie? Yeah, they mentioned the miscarriage in Renew Your Vows. Yeah. In an alternate timeline, May existed to be Spider-Girl, though. That's oh, the one okay. that met, in, in, that met that's with. That's right. Yeah, in so that's where that all came from. Okay. That's still a really... Sounds unnecessary. It does. It was almost like they were like, uh, we used the Sinister Six too many times. Let's make a magical five. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight is the clone conspiracy oh don't worry folks the clone saga will be coming up soon but the clone conspiracy <laughs> is a recent follow-up story and it's pretty rotten the clone conspiracy has spider-man's old villain the jackal re-emerge in an interesting new anub inspired costume with all with an all-new cloning plot reviving dead people there's also a whole thing where the jackal is set to cause global devastation by unleashing the carry-on virus upon the population Taking up, taken on their own, these story ideas have potential. But then the Jackal try, takes off his mask and reveals himself to be Ben Riley, the former Scarlet Spider. This is an act of pure character assassination on Riley, and for no reason whatsoever. Ben Riley died at the end of the Clone Saga as a hero. He continued to be a fan favorite ever since his death in, in the 1990s, and many clamored for his return, but no one wanted him to come back as a villain, betraying all of his values and acting like a completely different character. Well, uh, completely different character than the hoodie-wearing rebel from the 1990s. Uh, he was also in, because you read this one. Uh, Spider-Geddon? Spider-Geddon. He actually, had a redemption in that as well. I was actually just thinking that, that, that his uh, appearance in Spider-Geddon sounds to redeem this pretty well, actually. No, no, Spider-Geddon came, no, Spider-Geddon, yes. 
That was his redemption. Oh yeah, Spider no Spider Verse. Verse. He died a hero again. Yeah, he did because they even say they're like, oh yes, it wouldn't be Ben Riley if he didn't die a hero. I know. Actually, it's funny because uh, a lot we get a lot of requests to do the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider, mm-hmm. but one of our biggest ones, Tevia, in our chat loves to be like, are you guys gonna do Ben Riley Scarlet Spider? Mm-hmm. I don't like it because it's not Ben Riley. It's this yeah. crazy off the wall guy who goes to Vegas and causes problems. It's like they tried to make him edgy and then and then it was almost like they started the story, Ben Riley Scarlet Spider, and then remembered we already have an edgy Spider-Man. His name is Kane, and he goes by the name Scarlet Spider. I was just thinking that, yeah. That, <laughs> so they brought him whenever, in as well. <laughs> whenever people say Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley, I'm like, no. That's not right. It's yeah. Kane. It's Kane because Kane did it Kane as like a redemption other. arc. Yeah. yeah, and it was a huge, huge plot point in Spider Verse. I love that version of Scarlet Spider, yeah. and I love the original. But the one that became the Jackal and then became a bad guy. Uh, uh-uh. nope, it's garbage. Um, I it, but I will say because I know this one more frequently. The Cone, Cone Conspiracy. My big problem with the Cone Conspiracy, not even the Ben Riley character assassination. It was so goddamn pointless. Which which story is it? Because in the Spider Geddon, they go over. He became the Jackal because he was consistently tortured and killed, then resurrected. Then tortured and killed and resurrected. Yeah, that, that's, that, that, that is the plot from Cologne Conspiracy. Okay, that is this one. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, Cologne Conspiracy was, in my opinion, just garbage because it didn't matter to anything. Yeah. It didn't change anything. It didn't feed into any storylines. It didn't, nothing changed. Hmm. Ben Riley went off to Las Vegas and all the villains became villains again. I think it revived from the dead like two people that like stuck around. Uh, number seven is the other. So what I was. So saying. if you know Spider Verse, this plays into the other. Yeah. Yeah. Other, the bride, the. The scion. other, the bride, the scion. Now the pattern maker, pattern weaver. Yeah, they make weird names for these. Um, I can't remember. I know there's a couple others, or at least one other, but I don't know what it is. So anyway. So this was a separate story. Yeah, this is where it started. Oh, I didn't realize it was actually a thing before Spider-Verse. This is the one where Morlun eats Spider-Man's eye. Though fan opinions of the Totem era vary, one thing that can most can agree on is that Morlun is one of the most effective new Spider-Man villains of the 2000s. I like His it. original story is, a cinem- is cinematic in scope and could easily be adapted into a great Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. The same can't be said for the other. Another of these obnoxious huge events that litter this list loaded with taglines like everything changes forever again and lots of noisy press releases that hyped it up. Ever wonder why fans hate big events these days? To be clear, the other's problems have little to do with more Lun. The story starts with Peter, uh, Peter finding out that he's dying, leading to a blowout fight with more Lun with the whole eye-eating episode and then concludes with Peter being reborn again by shedding his old skin and regenerating or something. It all ends with him conversing with some mystical spider being a potentially cool story element in, say, a Doctor Strange comic, but which has no business in the web-slinging adventure. This, is their, this was their attempt at making it more mystical. Yeah. And they wanted to give you... This a, was the one that we could have gone, well, here's some of his magical villains. Yeah, no, well, the other and everything, they were try, for some reason decided they wanted to slightly retcon the Spider-Man origins mm-hmm. so that he was destined to be Spider-Man by these mystical totems. Mm-hmm. And there's animal totems and all of... It was so weird. It was, yeah. For the record, though, Morlun is a great villain. And I'm for a, the record, Dan, yeah, I do like Morlun because he opens portals to the world of ads. 
One thing that I've always wanted to do myself is get into investing into stocks, and I really don't understand it beyond a basic level. The Robinhood app has actually helped me get into something that I've always wanted to be a part of, the stock exchange. The Robinhood app is an app designed to make investing in stock and cryptocurrency easy for the everyday person. With a simple-to-use interface, you can find the companies that you want to invest in and see data about that company, including performance over the past day up to five years. I've been using it myself to make selections that I just found interesting or things that I wanted to be more involved in. And I use their data to understand the stock market, something that I never thought I'd be able to do. Analytical data is provided in a simple to read buy, hold, sell percentage for each company. Robinhood makes it easy to search for different companies by searching for entertainment or social media, or you can search for the 100 most popular to help you ease into the entire process. While most brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood is commission-free, allowing you to trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Robinhood is giving my listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at experiment.robinhood.com. That's E-X-P-E-R-I-M-E-N-T dot R-O-B-I-N-H-O-O-D dot com. Seriously, I thought that this whole app would be like really imposing, but once I downloaded it, it took me about five to 10 minutes to figure this whole thing out. This isn't even a part of the actual read, guys. This was something I've always wanted to do, and it was a great app to help me get into this entire world. Portal closes! <laughs> well played, good sir. Uh, number six. Number six. Number six. Number six. Number six. Number six. Doc Ock almost marries Aunt May. Oh, that's actually the thing. Yeah. Uh, Doc Ock almost marries Aunt May. Oh, Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Wait. Not all terrible Spider-Man stories come from the last few decades. Most of them, yes, but even in the classic era, they had a few stinkers. Dr. Octopus had many devious and intelligent plans, but this one is not one of his shiniest. The whole thing happens because Octavius discovers that Aunt May is about to inherit a nuclear, uh, nuclear plant. For whatever reason, Octavius determines that the best way to steal the inheritance from her is to get married to her, a proposition which Peter obviously is not too excited about. Luckily, the wedding gets interrupted by Hammerhead. Not so luckily, the story still occasionally gets referenced, which means that it must still be in part in some way in continuity. They, I think they okay. just mentioned it too recently. Okay. Why is she inheriting a power plant, nuclear power plant? I don't know, plant? maybe we should read this one. Spider-Man, Aunt May gets a power plant. <laughs> That one might not be as clickbaity. May. Yeah, that, that one may not be as as clickbaity as I'd like it to be. <laughs> that I. Why? That that just doesn't. Okay, so this one I did see, when I was glancing to make sure this was up to date. Okay. I disagree with this. Okay, let's hear. It. Number five is corporate Peter. Oh, of Parker Industries. Parker Industries era. So Iron Man, Peter Parker. Yeah. When you say it like that now, there's a reason to hate it. I get that. But I liked seeing the evolution of his character. It was a good evolution. I'm assuming this, I'll let you read it, but I'm assuming this is the one where he, after Spider-Verse, where he gets his body back, yep. but he still has everything. Spider-Man is an everyman, except when he became a second-rate Tony Stark knockoff. <laughs> sure, by the time Peter's in his late 20s, he shouldn't be working freelance at the Daily Bugle anymore. The comics in the 2000s solved that problem by placing him as a high school science teacher in his old school. But now, as the CEO of Parker Industries, Peter Parker is suddenly a cocky billionaire playboy who flies to different Parker Industries branches all around the world mm -hmm. and uses the Spider-Man identity as both his bodyguard and as a mascot for the company. 
Basically, the whole thing changes Peter from working class hero to annoying one percenter. Okay, I'll agree with that. Yeah. When you word it like that, yes, the story yeah, was not no, that great. It, it was a good story, but it wasn't good for Peter Parker kind of story. It, yeah. And I, I, in my opinion, it would have been a good conclusion so we wouldn't see him go all cocky. Yeah. Like it ends and he becomes rich and famous because he's so intelligent and... Because that's that much makes sense because Peter is super intelligent. Like yeah. He's very, very smart. He would be able to do that. But that does remind... Because the, when they go to... Uh, I think it's Japan, and they have like the spider mobiles and yep. like all of that. That I definitely was not the biggest fan when they kind of went to that story arc. It was it was okay in my opinion, but that's strictly my opinion. Yeah, I definitely I do think it it stayed around way too long. I don't think it deserved this high up on the list. No, no, maybe fifteen, fourteen. I could yeah. have accepted it, but not as a number five. Yeah, definitely not a number five. Number four is Spider Man Chapter One. With the on the cover, it says everybody laughs at the loser Peter Parker, but no one will be laughing at the amazing Spider-Man. Since Spider-Man was created in the 1960s, a lot of early comics do show their age, so the notion of updating them for the present day isn't a bad one. In fact, the same idea led to the highly successful Ultimate Spider-Man, but here it didn't work so well. Like Batman Year One, the series Spider-Man Chapter One was supposed to be a retelling of the original origin by Stanley and Steve Ditko. Modified the suit with more contemporary sensibilities. But the problem is that unlike, say, Sam Raimi's rather faithful Spider-Man retelling, this version changes things for the sake of changing things. For example, the iconic radioactive spider bite scene is rewritten from a small incident to a catastrophic radioactive explosion, which almost kills everyone in the building except Peter. Why? That is one hell of a change. I prefer Spider's Man where he falls into a pit of spiders. <laughs> He's my favorite new Spider-Man. Gary, that's actually a thing. There's an he, alternate he, universe th where he falls And he doesn't know in. if he's the reincarnated version of Peter Parker yeah. or a bunch of spiders that think that they are Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah. Which is more horrifying. Good old Spider-Man. And he always has his suit like partially ripped and just spiders crawling. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I felt like in this... Any Spider-Man video we do, Spider's Man has to be brought up at least. He does. On top of that, Otto Octavius is also in the devastation, and this explosion bonds the metal arms to him. That one's been used quite a few times. That sounds very similar to the movie. Um, and according to this, it's is just it too movie? much. Suddenly, Norman Osborn and Sandman are cousins. Norman is responsible for everything in Peter's life. It goes on, and luckily, this one is no longer in continuity. Yeah, that, that definitely does seem like one of those ones where it's just too much of a change. Yeah, like Spider's Man needs a suit in PS4 game. Yes! <laughs> Could you imagine that? Comes with an extra power. Spiders! <laughs> and on the, on the skin, if you there's an option. Arachnophobia warning. Because, <laughs> you know, if you're playing Spider-Man, you have arachnophobia. Um, Clone Saga, yes, number three. Okay. You know all about the Clone Saga, don't you? Which Clone Saga? The real one. The big issue. I know, I know some of it, but based off of what you have told me about it, I never read it. Okay, so the story begins with an interesting concept involving the idea that the Spider-Man clone, who may or may not be the real Peter Parker. Okay. They make you believe that. Thanks to editorial interference, the whole thing dragged out for three years. Three years of clone issues will eventually make anyone sick of clones, especially when the storyline keeps introducing new twists and new turns and new characters every two seconds. Then, the ending just makes it all worse, as the famed Black, Pi uh, Black Panther writer, Talakasi Coates, Talakasi, I can't ever say his name properly, 
has pointed out the true greatest sin of the Clone Saga is that it resurrected Norman Osborn. The dead Norman was a complex figure, and his legacy in death held a looming presence over Peter's life. After the Clone Saga, DC Norman has been more uh, Norman is often more written. Norman is more Norman has often been written more like DC's Lex Luthor. He's basically D, Marvel's Lex Luthor. Yeah. So the problem with the Clone Saga, okay, mm-hmm. for my remembrance of it. The initial plot came out. There's a villain named Jackal who had cloned Gwen Stacy. Spider-Man found it and found out that Jackal had been cloning people. Okay. One of his early clones is Kane. That's the dude. The other. The clones have a degenerating a bit of problem. They just eventually degenerate into nothing. Okay. Kane was dying. Kane was uh Kane was like the vicious Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But he was in a mask and you didn't know who he was for the first half of it. Okay. Ben Riley, this is where he got introduced. We didn't know if Ben Riley or Peter Parker was the real Peter Parker because there was no way to tell who was a clone and who wasn't. Yeah. So they decided to go about their separate ways and do their own thing. We discovered later that Kane was another Peter Parker clone. Okay. More and more clones started showing up all over the place. The primary three were Kane, Ben Riley, and Peter Parker. When the storyline finally resolved, mm-hmm. this was a way to get rid of the Mary Jane marriage. It was decided that Peter Parker was the clone. And that he would go off with Mary Jane. Oh, no, no. It was decided that Peter Parker was the real one and Ben Riley was the clone. Peter Parker would go live with Mary Jane and we would have Ben Riley as Spider-Man. That would be the new Spider-Man. That okay. way, it was like one of those, you get your cake and you get to eat it too kind of a situation. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like them going, hey, we now have Wally West, Barry Allen, go have a family. Yeah. The problem with that is the fans still weren't happy with it because it wasn't the true Peter Parker. We had yeah. a weird clone. So eventually, they tried to retcon that by making Peter Parker degenerate, and Ben Riley was actually Peter Parker this whole time. And l- like the thing said, editorial kept stretching it out, and from what we understand, no one really knew the ending even at Marvel. And by the time they realized how much damage they had done, it was so far in, mm-hmm. it was like, how do we redeem this kind yeah. of a situation? Think, and that one's still in continuity because they reference the fact of during Spider-Verse, uh, whether or not Ben Riley was like the actual Peter Parker or not. Yeah, yeah, well, that's just it. Because you can't have Ben Riley and Kane running around unless you're going to keep Cologne Saga in yeah. continuity. You would have to get rid of them. I do like, though, that nowadays uh, they clearly poke fun at the Clone Saga. Oh, yeah. Of how anytime someone shows up, they're like, wait, clone? Different universe. <laughs> <laughs> Resurrected from the dead. There's so many, but okay, that, yeah, based on what you have told me about that story. It was so that, bad, it got me to stop reading comics across the board. Yeah, and it, it sounds like a lot of the badness from that is based off the length. Um, uh, Tiffy said it was more the marketing team take. It was a lot of it was arguments within Marvel. Yeah. No one knew what they wanted to do with it. Uh, number two is the one moment in time. After the ugly reception that one more day retcon led to, hang on, we're almost there, editorial refused to backtrack. But they wanted to somehow make things better. So to that end, the, stor- the story one moment in time was created. It offered a revised explanation as to why the Mary Jane and Peter Parker never got married thing happened. And why everyone was conveniently forgetting Spider-Man's identity after he was outed in Civil War. Basically, it's a whole new shebang about how the marriage was canceled because the web had missed it. And the forgotten identity reveal was chalked up to Doctor Strange's magic. None of this fixes the problem. 
One Moment in Time is a half-hearted editorial attempt to make excuses for One More Day without actually fixing any of the problems that One More Day created. Mm -hmm. the, the whole thing reads like an act of self-justification as if the story knows it's wrong and it knows that it messed up, but it wants you to pretend otherwise. Even if there are alternate explanations to why the non-marriage happened in this new continuity, they still only happened because Spider-Man did a deal with the devil. Which brings us to our final entry. And the worst... This is definitely a Spider-Man fan if this is the number one. Definitely. This is the classic Spider-Man fan, I can tell you right now, that wrote this, which I'm going to state makes this a solid list. So Sal wrote it? <laughs> Sal wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear it. One more day. So you know, you, you've heard us talking about one I more have day. Heard, I have heard of a lot of these, but have actively avoided them because of what I have heard about a lot of these. So it's not... Okay. Way back in the rat race of comic books, mm -hmm. let me explain what happened here. Superman and Lois got married. Yes. To combat that, Spider-Man and Mary Jane got married. As you do. I stand by my statement that it's a lot harder to write stories for a married couple. Yes. No, incredibly it so. It is. I'm not going to deny that there are writers that can do it properly, mm -hmm. but you're, you're limiting your story, your amount of stories, because now you always have to involve the significant other. And you always have to keep them in mind yes. for, oh, he went off planet? Well, the wife has to know. Or... Exactly. You always, have to, you always have to work it in. It just makes it more difficult. That's always been my argument against the marriages in comic. I'm not, well, I'm not against them happening. I'm against, the, I'm against the fact that I feel they limit storylines. And I feel like it's a lot more, actually, if it's a superhero marrying a non-superhero. Because when it's something like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, it's a bit more different because you have both of them... Yeah. Able to do their own thing and exactly. not having to worry. And they just forget the baby exists half the time anyway. <laughs> it's like Jessica Drew as a mom. What yeah. happened to the baby? Oh, I left it with it, it, babysitter number five. Every, I feel like every story with her is her wanting to get back to her baby. Yeah, it is. But yeah. never actually the actual baby. No, we never <laughs> see the baby. So anyway, what ended up happening was they decided that the Mary Jane Peter Parker marriage ruined the iconic character of Peter Parker. Yeah. The Lois Lane Superman one they just stuck with for the longest time. They didn't, I don't believe they ruined that until new, the New 52. Yeah. And they were just like, we'll just split them up, maybe do it again later. Um, but the Peter Parker one, because Peter Parker's supposed to be your everyman, he's supposed to be down on his luck, he's supposed mm -hmm. to never get the girl. Yeah. Getting him married gives him one of his goals. Like, and now you have to deal with Mary Jane. So what they did was... They constantly kept trying to come up with ways to get rid of Mary Jane. Hence the, the fake marriage. Hence the half the list in yeah. this. <laughs> um, and what eventually happened was one more day. This is okay. the answer they, they finally came up with to just make it not happen anymore. I believe, I believe the overall reasoning, um, if you look into it, was they've been looking to get rid of it forever. Okay. But there was, it wasn't 2008 a new Spider-Man movie. I think it was The Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man was 08, 09. I'm looking to see when that movie came out. 2012. When did the story Ooh. roll out? It was tied into something that was going on in the movies, as most of these problem changes are. Yeah. No, a lot of them come from that. And One More Day was, was 2008. Oh, it was. So I forget. The, it, it had something to do with something. I know that. But they, they yeah. wanted it to officially be gone, abolished. So, seriously, what could, could there be any doubt as the single worst Spider-Man story of all time? Really, nothing else compares. Um, JMS may have been stu stuck as the writer for this one, but no one blames it on him. He basically had a gun to the back of his head. He, he, he even wanted his name removed from the comic. Oh, wow. 
One More Day is a forced editorial lunacy at its absolute worst, and it made Marvel's attempt to rectify Spider-Man by betraying everything that makes the character worthwhile. For any who haven't heard of this story, let's put it in black and white. Peter's Aunt May is dying. Nobody can save her. So Peter meets with Mephisto, the Marvel equivalent to Satan, yep. strikes up a deal. Yes, that's right. The story has Spider-Man literally making a deal with the devil. In the terms, for Aunt May to be saved, Peter Parker and Mary Jane's marriage will have to be wiped, wiped out of the face of reality, as if it never happened. Okay. The concept here is utterly childish, because it's probably not a person or a planet that would make such a dumb deal, the, much less Mr. Power, power and Responsibility Peter Parker. Furthermore, this story also demonstrates incontrovertible proof that Marvel Comics editorial does not understand Peter Parker whatsoever. Mm -hmm. The Clone Saga may have been terrible, but it didn't fundamentally undermine the character like this story did. Until the day that this story is somehow reversed, retconned or wiped off the map, and no, one moment in time does not count, the comic book version of Spider-Man will forever have a black mark on his name. Now, they didn't mention Renew Your Vows. Um... I felt, in my opinion, I read Renew Your Vows 1 through 12. Mm -hmm. I felt it was a great compromise. Yeah. If you guys really want Peter Parker and Mary Jane from that original continuity, this is your answer. Yeah. Now, the only big issue I have with Renew Your Vows is it wasn't Amazing Spider-Man, so I feel it didn't get the, the, the spotlight it needed no, it to succeed. No, it definitely did not. Because there's definitely fans who would have enjoyed Renew Your Vows and enjoyed it working... And followed along with that. Yeah. The problem I have with the Renew Your Vows is when we did 12 years later, they tried to shift the focus to May Day and basically all of her issues. Not, it, was it Annie Mae? What's, what Annie Mae. Annie Mae. They tried to shift the focus to her and her high school days. And I'm like, no, what? No. Mm -hmm. It worked great when you just had them together and how they made it work. That one, though, I feel like, I feel like that one's not so much a bad story. I think it moved too much away from what you want out of a Spider-Man story. What do you and mean? that like oh. uh like I'm sure there are some people out there that enjoyed that kind of take on the character, on the characters and like the progression of that, but in terms of what you personally enjoy, I feel like that's uh Oh, no, it didn't sell. It's canceled. That's, so it definitely was not just me. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that one went on for a very long time. It went time. on longer than I think it should have, yeah. Huh. Who knows then? So that's the that's the yeah. The me almost right. I heard that rumor. I don't know how true it is, but supposedly the reason why the writer left mm -hmm. after the twelve issues was Marvel wanted it to be about uh, anime, and he wanted it to be a family drama. Gotcha. And it became a made uh, anime Parker. See, they and you want to know how they could have resurrected that? Don't make it a new series focused on her in the sense that they want, and call it Spiderling. Oh yeah, like Definitely. I mean it. I think the fact that it was tagged along, yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know. Renew your vows was a good compromise, though. But especially because it seems like if Marvel is like, okay, we need to destroy their marriage, it ends up on this list. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. Well, as I said, this is Sal. Sal wrote this list. Sal, yeah. are you writing lists for Screen Rant on yeah, your off days? Yeah, Sal. Come Actually, on, who's man. the writer? <laughs> that, okay, I would laugh so hard if this actually was Sal. If this was Sal and he's just he's moonlighting as a as a screen rant writer. Yeah, Nicholas Conley. Nope, nope. nope. Uh, I will say because we do a lot of these lists and we basically make fun of them because they don't they aren't good. Mm -hmm. um, that was a solid list. I that I don't agree with good. a lot of the placement, yeah. but I agree with most of those those on there. Yeah, I agree. I feel like this was one not a in order of severity, but more of a. 15 bad stories because it was not in a proper order no no tony stark spider-man should not have been in i can i can agree with it being there especially if you're looking for old school mm -hmm. 
but I can't agree with. Actually, I find it weird that that's in there, but not renew your vows. Yeah. Because I, I thought Parker Industries, Peter Parker, I thought it was pretty good. It did have some moments where I was like, okay, why, why are we doing this? But I thought overall it wasn't that bad. Are you sure? Are you sure? I, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Is that your final answer? You even started the question saying, I don't know why this is on here. I, I know, I know. I, just, I like messing with you. I like to mess with you. Uh, so, all right. Wait, what, what is this? I are, don't are know. Are you a puppet from like 1960s puppet shows? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm one of those. Let's go, Benny. Let's find uh, some. Uh, uh. What was, I, I don't what know. was that? Uh, so, thanks for watching this episode of the Comics I've made Dan feel embarrassed. Uh, the fact that we've swapped the cameras, I've looked so many times at that one thinking it's that one. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's list. What did you think about the list, Dan? Did you like that I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. There's a lot of stories in there that I'm glad was in this list so I didn't have to actually read them, but I know <laughs> about them. Now, now, for our weekly review show that happens on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, where we review comic books, you are every week going to have to read one of these bad stories no. <laughs> and review it. No. Yeah. I'm just glad the one with Aunt May, with the, her being the mum, I'm just glad that was them younger. Because when you first said it of Aunt May holding a condom saying, get ready, tiger, I was like, everyone calls Peter Parker tiger, or Glenn yeah, does. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I don't, please don't do that. <laughs> So I'm glad that wasn't the case, but yeah, those are some bad sounding stories. They are. And today's episode was brought to you guys by Robinhood. Don't forget to check out the app if you want to learn how to get involved in stocks and trades and stuff like that. You want to start just learning more about it overall. I personally do use it myself and it's taught me quite a bit. Um, if you want to find more Dan, you can find him on his Twitch channel, Dan T Streamer, or right here on our, our Comic Storian channel where we do a lot of stuff. And you can also find him on the Eligible Monster channel where we just do gaming discussions like this on this set, actually. Mm -hmm. Posters are changing soon. soon. Gary failed us. He was supposed to do it while on Christmas break. Something about family. I don't care. I want a new posters. Gary, you, you, I know you, I know you hear me. You're right there. I'm looking, your camera. This camera lens is your eyeball. You can find me over at twitch.tv slash monster where you can watch this being filmed behind the scenes. And you can also find me on Twitter at ComicStorian if you want to chat more. Hope you guys enjoyed. And this episode of the Comics Experiment is coming to a close, dickle. <laughs> I thought he had forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Banana Dan out! <laughs>